Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 89 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for continuing to teach us through your word. Help us receive the message you desire us to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in John chapter 21. This is our last chapter in the book of John. Is there time for just one more miracle? That's a big resounding yes. The Lord set it up so that he could come and show himself magnificent one more time. As you read about Peter and some of the other disciples going fishing, that is, they returned to their old trade, they caught nothing through the entire night. This was all part of God's plan. Pay particular attention to this because it happens in our life the same way. I mean, they must have been discouraged fishing all night. There were probably five or six men fishing where they knew there were fish and they caught nothing. Also note, they weren't necessarily walking in God's will as they returned to their old jobs. However, the Lord showed up on the beach, told them to cast their nets out one more time, and they weren't able to pull in all the fish that were in the net. Peter was the first one to recognize it was Jesus. He was delighted and jumped out of the boat and into the ocean to get to him as quickly as he could. This was the third time Jesus appeared to them. Also note that their nets didn't break, even though there were far too many fish in it. When God does a miracle, he makes sure it goes well and nothing is broken. Then we read about Jesus asking Peter if he loves him. Three times he asked him, and in three different ways. Jesus told him to feed his lambs, shepherd his sheep, and feed his sheep. The Lord had a very big task for Peter, so told him in three different ways to take care of the flock, his flock. Peter had his assignment, and yet he was still human. Verses 21 and 22 say, When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I want him to stay, survive, live, until I come, what is that to you? What concern is it of yours? You follow me. Peter eventually lived out the mission the Lord asked of him. But for a moment, Peter was being real. He asked the Lord what was going to happen to his beloved disciple, John. And Jesus didn't sugarcoat his answer. He answered the question the way a parent might answer a child. He said, don't worry about John. Don't be concerned with privileges John may or may not get. Jesus told Peter to simply follow him. That was it. Put on the blinders. Don't look to the world. Don't look to any other person. Just follow him. We all need this message from time to time. There's so much chaos and unrest all around us that we can get distracted. We question our future when we become distracted. Many conversations revolve around questions we cannot answer. Questions such as, are the plans for the Lord has for us still in place? And do they still make sense? Jesus would say, don't worry about any of it. Just follow me. The Lord redirects our hearts in a profound way some 2,000 years after he spoke these same words to Peter. Well, let's see what Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4. This is Paul's last letter to the Philippians, and it is one of encouragement and exhortation. First, he tells them to rejoice in the Lord always, delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say rejoice. His words have become a song, as some of his other words have. There is much wisdom here, especially when we compare the Israelites' behavior and see they didn't and how God called them stiff-necked and hard-hearted people. 
In verse 6, he tells them to not fret or be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God, and then they would find peace. Pay attention to verse 7 as you are reading. One of the most beautiful writings I personally think Paul wrote is in verse 8, which says, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Paul wrote and told the people at Philippi to think on the good things, not just think on them, but keep them fixed in their minds. Literally roll those good things over and over in their minds. I love his description of these good things. Truth, reverence, honor, purity, lovely, the lovable, kindness, grace, virtue, excellence, and praiseworthy things. Paul says to fixate on all these wonderful things. What could happen if we would only think good thoughts? What could happen if we thought on the wonderful all day long? Well, first our spirits would change. We would become lighthearted. Peace and joy would fill our soul. Second, as we think and fix our mind on the wonderful, our speech changes. The spoken word is so powerful. God created this world with his words. Our words either speak life or death over our own lives. When we speak words of gratitude, praise, love, and belief, the power of the Lord is unleashed over us. Third, as we use our words that speak life, our actions begin to change. And as our actions change, the direction of our lives change. Then the reactions of those around us change. If the trajectory of all our lives move in a better direction, the whole world is impacted. This is all a bit like a game of dominoes. And it begins with our thoughts, thinking good thoughts, fixing our mind on the beautiful and lovely. The rest of the chapter is equally powerful. Take your time reading this chapter. It is one we could and should read over and over and over again. Well, let's see what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 25. The instructions continue and there are many. Some of them are talked about in the Psalms and the New Testament. See if you can pick them out. Finally, Moses told them that when they had overtaken all the nations to possess the promised land and had rested, then they were to destroy the Amalekites because of what the Amalekites had done to them in the past. They attacked the Israelites when they were tired. The Israelites had wandered in the wilderness and were thirsty. They complained, which tried the Lord's patience. He provided with water from a rock. Then the Amalekites attacked them. Moses held up his hand and the Israelites began to win the battle. But when he lowered his hand, they started losing. Aaron and Hur held up his hands while Joshua led the men to victory. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. We will read about this victory in a later book. Moses simply reminded them this was the Lord's plan. In chapter 26, the Lord gives the people the instructions and the words they will say when they come into the promised land and harvest their first fruits. You will enjoy reading this very simple yet profound chapter. They are told to bring their first fruits to the sanctuary. Give thanks and remember how God brought them out of Egypt to the promised land. They are to make sure it is offered as clean unto the Lord, for he is holy. Their first fruits were to be distributed among the Levites, the sojourners, the fatherless, and the widows. The Lord made sure all people were taken care of through their giving. It is refreshing to see the untainted gift giving of the people thousands of years ago. We end the chapter with verse 19, which says, 
and he will make you high above all nations which he has made in praise and in fame and in honor and that you shall be a holy people to the Lord your God as he has spoken. A magnificent promise to his people and a promise to us that he will make us holy. But we have a new writer in Psalms, Ethan, who was an Ezraite. The same situation plagues Ethan today that plagued Eman yesterday. Rehoboam was taking a different path than the wise one. Ethan writes 37 verses of praise to the Lord, recounting all the wonderful things he had done and all the mercies he showed King David, and then writes 15 verses about the Lord has cast them off. It is important to note that God's covenant was in force only until the people disobeyed him. King David and his son Solomon were highly esteemed by the Lord and cared for in every way. However, Solomon did marry an Ammonite woman who was Rehoboam's mother. This goes all the way back to Genesis. Ammon was born to one of Lot's daughters, with Lot being the father. If you remember, Lot's wife was turned to stone when she looked back to Sodom. Because Lot's wife died without leaving any sons, the daughters concocted a plan to sleep with their father to carry on the bloodline. Neither of Lot's sons revered God. The Ammonites were more often enemies of the Israelites than they were allies or friends. We often see sin happening in the Old Testament when the Israelites went out of their own tribe to marry. And this may be what's happening here. Regardless, the Lord had turned his favor away from the Israelites for a time due to their lack of revering him and disobedience to him. We see the pain they suffered, at least those who still followed and loved God did, in this psalm and the last one. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for being a God who is in all the details of our lives. As we read about the details you were in for the Israelites, we realize you care about every single detail and every single person. You deserve our worship and praise, Father. We praise you. We praise your name. May you make us worthy to reside in, Father. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.